said his father. Nice lines, huh? Very nice, Brent replied. He examined his father's words for signs that a jaguar might now be in reach with his new salary. He imagined himself driving it, observed by the assembled student body, adding to the daydream a Calvin Klein shirt from the advertisement that followed. He put his dishes in the sink. Right down where you'll be, said his mother. He skipped upstairs and showered, scrubbing himself with medical thoroughness. Though he was in his junior year, he still only had whiskers on his upper lip and chin. He shaved his whole face anyway, then applied aftershave. He put on deodorant and gargled with mouthwash. Taking his comb, he parted his straight, blonde hair down the middle, confronted the mirror, then combed it straight back, like the models in GQ. He worked in the moose, imagining the hands raking his hair were Brianna's. Next, he inspected his left ear's gold earring. At his school in Atlanta, it had been the right ear, likewise in Connecticut. But at the Montfort School in the western suburbs of Chicago, it was the left. His father's corporate climb had demanded four moves in the past seven years. Earrings were one of the first things Brent checked. He returned to his room and flipped on the radio. Discerning what stations were considered cool was another of his moving-in tasks. No spell-chanting shaman knew better the importance of precise adherence to tradition. And keeping the right music flowing, using headphones between house and car, was as vital as maintaining a sacred flame. With the room now prepared, Brent set about dressing. It was May and no longer rib-rattling cold. He considered his large collection of t-shirts, weighing their logos, color, and condition. To impress, without risking being made fun of, was his mission, the latter especially important in the case of a party at Chaz's, especially when you hadn't actually been invited. He chose khakis and his Chicago Bulls t-shirt. He attached his wallet chain to a belt loop, tucked the wallet in his back pocket, then couldn't decide whether or not to wear his Varnay's sunglasses. He finally stuck them in his shirt pocket as a compromise, then looked at the clock. It was 6.30. Still too early to leave. For half an hour, he played video games, losing all of his life's in short order, the radio booming over the game's noise, his mind elsewhere. At 7, he took off. He drove to Jonathan's and honked. His friend bounded out, lanky and loose-jointed as a clown, wearing a cup's cap backward and a pair of shredded jeans. Instantly, Brent regretted the choice of his neatly ironed khakis. They drove off. So how come you need a ride? Brent asked. Forgot to pay my car insurance, said Jonathan. My dad took the car for a month. There are consequences for our acts, my boy. Like having to show up in your Studebaker instead of my Mazda MX-6. It's a Chevy, not a Studebaker. Jonathan winced wearily. No kidding. A sense of humor was a luxury that Brent had never been able to afford. He was always the new kid, stumbling through the maze, never quite rich or good-looking or athletic enough to join the elite. Unless he played his cards right at the party tonight. So how do you get there? Get on 355, said Jonathan. I'll show you. Brent drove through Glen Ellen's Maple Line streets. 
Chaz lived all the way across the city in Wilmette, on the lake. Montfort drew from all of Chicago. It was Brent's first private school. He'd cheered when he'd heard that his father would be making enough money to afford the tuition. Then, when they'd moved from Atlanta in March, he'd found that, measured against his new peers, he was suddenly a lot poorer than before. Getting any respect at Montfort was going to be like climbing a glass mountain. Get on the east-west tollway, said Jonathan. The new song by Rat Trap was on the radio. He turned it up until the dashboard vibrated. Then we'll take Tri-State North. Then we'll cut over. I'll tell you where. A and you're sure it's okay, me coming. Trust me. I'm his friend. You're my friend. Therefore, you and Chaz are friends. As was proven by Theorem 50 in Chapter 3.